good to do a sound check first. How is my voice? Okay, great. So this evening we're going to have a slight change to what has been the usual schedule. So instead of a Dharma talk this evening, I'm going to be offering some instructions on the Brahma-Vihara practices and a guided metta meditation. And I know uh, for the rest of the retreat, this will, these Brahma-Vihara practices will normally be offered on a Wednesday evening. But because this week, Wednesday, was the first evening of part two, we postponed it until tonight. So that's the plan. And before we move into some guided metta meditation, I'd just like to zoom out a little bit and give some context for these practices. And also just to acknowledge that for the part one people, I know you've already spent... uh, quite a bit of time over the six weeks practicing metta, kindness, and compassion. So you have a head start. And I'd just like to uh, thank you in advance for helping us to create this field of kindness. So thank you. And also just to acknowledge that um, for some of you coming back to what might seem like the beginning again could perhaps bring up just a trace of irritation or boredom or frustration. So if that's the case for you, right there is an invitation to see if you can meet that with kindness, to bring metta to any non-metta that might be starting to percolate. And for any of us to see if we can cultivate this quality of beginner's mind, to see if we can hear what might seem like very familiar instructions with fresh ears. So just to give a little bit of overview of how these various practices that we're offering might fit together, there's a metaphor that I found very helpful in my own practice, which is sometimes used to give an overview of this practice in terms of the two wings to awakening. And it's said that the two wings to awakening are wisdom and compassion. And you can get a sense, I think, very directly from that metaphor that we need both of these to be in balance if we're metaphorically going to fly. And wisdom is uh, cultivated through the practice of mindfulness and insight. And if we develop too much wisdom, sometimes without the compassion to hold it, sometimes our practice can feel a little bit dry or disconnected. On the other hand, if we, uh, sometimes we can find the compassion wing getting too far ahead of the wisdom wing, and it can be easy to fall into grief or sorrow when we really contact the uh, immensity of the suffering that's in the world and at times in our own hearts. So we need to have this holistic approach that brings the head and the heart together. So wisdom here is the ability to see clearly, to understand the truth on deeper and deeper levels. And compassion I see as being a kind of a shorthand for all skillful qualities of heart and mind. So it includes the metta, the kindness that I'll offer in a few moments, 
compassion itself and joy and equanimity and generosity and courage and determination, integrity, all of these I see as being aspects of this other wing of the practice. So all through our practice so far, we've been developing mindfulness as a support for our insight. We've been really strengthening the capacity to be with more and more aspects of our experience exactly as they are, with as little unskillful reactivity as possible. So this mindfulness is not an end in itself, though. It's really uh, designed to help us see more and more clearly to develop insight, the kind of insight that leads to freedom, liberation, awakening, nibbana. And this freedom can be experienced on many different levels. Freedom from suffering, from distress, from stress, and freedom from the unhelpful habit patterns, unhelpful reactivity that causes so much of that suffering and distress. So we're fortunate that we don't have to wait until all of those unhelpful habit patterns have been released before we can experience some moments of relief. We can start inclining the heart and the mind in that direction already by really grounding everything we do with an attitude of kind curiosity. We can bring this to all aspects of our insight practice. And emphasizing the kindness piece can be a very powerful antidote to what uh, Brian talked about last night when he talked about how often we have these uh, unconscious or semi-conscious habits of striving, of pushing, of forcing, judging, and that kind of thing. So when we bring to our meditation all these unseen assumptions and beliefs and judgments and attitudes about what's supposed to be happening, how our experience is supposed to be and how we should be, why we're not doing it right, all of those things get in the way of clear seeing. So these Brahma-Vihara practices that we're offering now can be a very powerful antidote to help us release some of those unskillful attitudes. So these four Brahma-Viharas, as they're known, we can think of them as four slightly different flavors of love. And this term Brahma-Vihara is an interesting one. It's uh, quite difficult to translate into English, but the Vihara part means a home or a dwelling place. So I like to think of these flavors of love as actually being our natural home of how our heart is when it's undistorted by greed, hatred, delusion, or compulsion, aversion, and ignorance, the afflictive energies. So if we can keep in mind that um, vihara means home, then when our hearts and minds are freed from these afflictive states, they can rest deeply at ease, at home, in our true nature. So I think of these practices being an invitation to come back home to the heart, to rest in kindness and compassion, joy and equanimity. 
which perhaps sounds good, but I know in my own experience, and I hope I'm not projecting too much onto you, but uh, it's not always easy to come home. Often we get lost. We get lost in these afflictive states of compulsion and aversion and delusion. And so most of us, at least myself, I'll speak for myself, need training. We need help to come home, to keep reorienting to these skillful qualities so that over time with practice, they do start to become more and more the default setting of our hearts and minds. And I can't really emphasize enough that this is a gradual training. And each of us are going to be starting in different places. Some of us have a natural affinity for metta practice, and some of us maybe not so much. That was certainly true for me at the beginning of my practice. And I sometimes refer to myself as a hardcore metta skeptic. That was my starting point. So. I still sometimes am amazed that here I am sitting here offering a guided meditation because if you could have some kind of psychic snapshot of where I started to where I am now, pretty, um, I would say, miraculous. (laughs) So what I appreciate about these teachings is that they are laid out in a very systematic way so that we can uh, start and gradually develop them. And traditionally, we start with metta because it really is the foundation for all the others. It's sometimes referred to as the soil that the other three grow from. And I like that metaphor of the soil because it ties in with Brian's analogy of growing potatoes. You know, it's, um, we need to till the ground. We need to aerate the soil and plant the seeds. We need to do the work of cultivation. And then we can settle back and trust that when conditions come together, we will get those potatoes. So metta is the first of these qualities. And as you probably have heard, it's usually translated as loving kindness. And for myself, that was a stumbling block in the beginning. Because to my ears, at least, my conditioning, that phrase sounded kind of wishy-washy and a little bit sentimental and not that appealing, actually. So I was relieved to discover that this word metta comes from the root word maitri, which basically means friendliness or goodwill, benevolence. So I prefer to leave the word um, loving out of it, partly also because in English the word love, it's, you could almost say a little bit debased. It covers such a huge range of emotions, some of them are that are actually very far from what this meta quality is pointing to. So in English, we talk about loving ice cream, for example, or love is often equated with romantic love, which is very volatile and emotional and controlling often and unstable and um, impermanent. So in some ways, that's the exact opposite of meta which in its highest expression is really unconditional. It's equally offered to all living beings. And that's why the four Brahma-Vihara is sometimes referred to as the four boundless states. So for the most part, I'll leave the word metta untranslated and allow you, invite you to put in there uh, whatever word 
uh, or meaning makes most sense for you that's in the terrain of goodwill, kindness, benevolence, friendliness. I'd actually, in one of the discourses, uh, metta is sometimes translated as non-ill will. So hopefully that makes it even more accessible. Sometimes we hear loving kindness and it sounds so oceanic and blissful and if we just think of it as non-ill will, that's good enough. It's right there in the discourses. So, so over the course of this retreat, the teachers uh, will probably each be offering guided Brahma-Vihara practices in their own way. And so you'll hear a variety of different instructions. And I really encourage you to experiment and to find what works for you. Because one of the aspects of metta practice that I really appreciate is that it's pretty hard to do it wrong. It's hard to accidentally generate too much kindness. Maybe you can prove me wrong, but so far I haven't encountered that. So really give yourselves permission to be creative, to have fun, to see if you can actually enjoy this practice. Because really the most important aspect of it is really cultivating the intention to generate kindness. It doesn't matter so much whether or not you get an emotion. Because if we're doing the practice to try and get something, even if it's to try and get a feeling of kindness, then it's no longer unconditional. We have an agenda and that can get in the way. So for me it was a huge turning point when I understood that This is not about trying to manufacture some kind of emotion. It's more about settling back and relaxing and tuning in and actually tuning into what is, if you look carefully, on some level already there. Even if that quality feels very, very faint or distant or remote. If we can clear out what gets in the way then this quality has a chance to be recognized and attended to. So I sometimes think of this in terms of uh, a bit of a geeky analogy. I think of it as being like the Hubble telescope, which I understand is this very sophisticated piece of machinery that can recognize um, or can photograph out in deep, dark space. It can record images with something called a faint object camera. And so this practice is like tuning our cameras into the deepest, darkest recesses of our hearts and looking for the faintest pulse of metta. And just that act of recognition can amplify it. And once we start to tune into the frequency, it gets stronger. And so using this Hubble telescope, we can start to... Um, allow this quality to become known and to grow and to actually, over time, fill our hearts. And, as I keep emphasizing, this is a gradual practice. And the uh, invitation with the traditional way the practice is laid out is really to start where it comes most easily and then metaphorically strengthen the metta muscle. So tonight I'm going to be offering the traditional um, method of silently offering phrases of well-wishing 
to the person known as the benefactor or sometimes the easy being. And this category of benefactor includes anyone who might have helped you in some way, been a mentor or supported you or shown you kindness. So when you think of them, there's just that natural flicker of warmth or gratitude or appreciation or respect. So it could be a mentor or a teacher, spiritual teacher, perhaps a community leader. It could be someone that you know well, even a family member, perhaps a grandparent or a kindly aunt or uncle. Or it could be a young person, perhaps a grandchild or a niece or a nephew. It could be someone that you don't know personally at all, but you feel some sense of deep respect or inspiration. Perhaps the Buddha himself or Kuan Yin or His Holiness the Dalai Lama or Thich Nhat Hanh or Jesus or Deepama or Martin Luther King Jr. or anyone where you just feel this sense of appreciation and gratitude. And if uh, for some people human beings might be difficult, It could also be a pet or perhaps a wild animal that you feel some connection for, perhaps the little chipmunks that uh, run around here or some bird from your backyard. It doesn't matter so much who or what the benefactor is. It's just that you feel some sense of warmth or kindness when you think of them. So I'll be inviting you to bring this being to mind as vividly as you can, whether that's through memories or images or words. Some of you may be more body-oriented, you can get a felt sense of their presence, or simply saying their name to yourself over and over. Whatever helps you evoke that sense of connection to the benefactor. And then when you have that sense of them, You'll be invited to uh, use these phrases of well-wishing. And probably most of you have already your own phrases that make sense for you, so you're welcome to use those. For tonight, I'll give you some standard ones um, to work with, and you can adapt them if you need to. So the standard phrases I'll be using are, may you be safe, may you be healthy, may you be happy, May you know peace. And again, the intention with the words is to really try and connect with the meaning of each phrase as you say it. So you might feel into what's it like for you to feel safe, to feel as healthy as you can within this uh, human body. What's it like to feel happy and to feel peace? So you're connecting with the meaning of those phrases and then extending that quality to the benefactor. And I find for myself that in order to be able to offer well-wishing and kindness to others, it's helpful to have some sense of my own well-being too. So in the beginning, I'll invite us just to... uh, relax and to see if we can... um, Tune into our own well-being to begin with. 
And this is really an invitation, not a commandment, because I think we've all probably had the experience of being told, relax, be nice, be kind. So really to uh, just settle back and incline the heart and mind in the direction of well-being and ease. And then from there, connect with the heart center. And sometimes people find it helpful to physically place a hand on the heart. Some people find it helpful to touch their own cheek or perhaps to touch the ground like this guy if we feel like we need more stability. So again, just inviting you to use whatever skillful means helps you to stay present and connected. And even though we're focusing more on the metta practice, the mindfulness is uh, not abandoned. It's still there helping us pay attention to what's happening in the body and the heart and the mind. So if at times you might, for some people, notice some reactivity sometimes, um, it's fine at any point if you find uh, some form of resistance or contraction or aversion, it's totally fine to take a break from the phrases and just come home to simply knowing the breath or knowing the body sitting or just breathing in ease and breathing out what's difficult. So again, giving yourself permission to do whatever feels helpful to maintain balance. So again, the key is really to relax and not try too hard to follow the words. I offer them as a support but if they don't work for you, just really let them be in the background and feel your own way into this practice, gently seeing if any metta or kindness wants to emerge. Okay, so shall we give it a try? So beginning by taking a few moments just to settle into a comfortable sitting position or standing if that feels more supportive. Taking a few moments just to get a felt sense of the whole body sitting. Feeling the support of the ground beneath your feet, your legs. Feeling the support of the cushion or the bench or the chair beneath your sitting bones. Letting the weight of the body be supported by the earth beneath you. And from this stable base of connection with the earth, Inviting the spine to become just a little taller, just a little straighter. Just a 
connecting with the sky above you. Sitting, knowing that you're sitting. Stable, balanced, upright, and at ease. And in the service of ease, taking a few moments now just to scan through your own body, particularly noticing those areas where you may tend to habitually store tension or tightness. And inviting any tension that can be released to relax. to soften, to come to ease. Just for a moment or two, scanning through your body and seeing if there's any tension that can be relaxed. And then connecting with this intention to cultivate the quality of metta, of kindness, goodwill, friendliness. If it's helpful, you might bring a hand to your heart and just for a moment feel into your own aliveness and warmth. Connecting with this intention to cultivate openness. And then bringing to mind this being who you can think of as your benefactor, the easy being and imagining them here in the room with you tonight. Perhaps sitting in front of you or to one side or at your back supporting you. 
Bringing this being to mind in as much detail as you can. Getting a felt sense of their presence. The qualities about them that you appreciate. all the kind and supportive things that they've done for you or said to you. All the warm interactions that you've had with this being your benefactor. And as you sit in their presence, noticing any responses in your own body and heart and mind. As you bring to mind the kindness that you've been shown by this being. As you look into your benefactor's eyes, as you see their kindness, reciprocating it and wishing them well just as they wish you well. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you know peace. With each phrase, feeling into the quality that's being evoked, connecting with the meaning and extending it to your benefactor with the wish. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you know peace. May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you know peace. Continuing in this way for a few minutes in silence now.
connecting with the image of the benefactor, the meaning of the phrases, and any feeling of warmth in your own body and heart and mind as you extend this well-wishing and kindness to your benefactor.
If at any point you recognize that the practice has become mechanical or you've got distracted, just as with mindfulness, you can simply begin again. Perhaps bringing the hand to the heart and reconnecting with the intention to connect with metta. Bringing to mind again the presence of the benefactor, everything that you appreciate about them. Noticing any warmth in your own heart as you bring this being to mind. And then silently offering them the phrases of well-wishing May you be safe. May you be healthy. May you be happy. May you know peace. As you continue to offer this energy of metta to your benefactor, you might imagining them really taking it in, seeing their face lighting up in a smile, seeing their shoulders soften and their body relax as they look at you and receive your metta. As you look at them with kindly eyes, imagining now this benefactor offering that same kindness to you yourself. Seeing yourself now through the eyes of the benefactor. Remembering all the kindness and support that they've offered you. Taking that in and wishing yourself well now. Offering that same metta to you yourself. May I be safe. May I be healthy. May I be happy. May I know peace. 
Tuning into the meaning of the phrases. Noticing the effects on the body and the heart and the mind of opening up and receiving this energy of kindness, warmth, and friendliness, metta. Seeing if this warmth can begin to suffuse through the entire body. Sitting bathed in this warm light energy. Inviting the whole body to soften, relax, open, and receive this energy of metta. Imagining this meta energy starting from the heart center, pervading, suffusing throughout the whole body, and then beginning to expand outwards to include all the people here in the room with you today. of your co-meditators, taking in and absorbing this metta energy being offered, being received, flowing outwards and unbounded, offered unconditionally everyone here in the hall with you today. Inviting this meta energy to ripple outwards, being offered and being received. Letting this reciprocal flow of metta dissolve all obstacles. Expanding outwards and unbounded. To include now all living beings, all beings everywhere. May all beings be safe. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be happy.
beings no peace. Thank you for your practice.